Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I'm Graham Ledger, and this is a special edition of The Ledger Report. We've got to continue to do two things. One, make sure that we have a safe and secure border and take steps anchored in the principle that America is a nation of laws, while at the same time respecting the fact that we also are a nation of immigrants. Stop the tape. Hakeem Jeffries, we are not, just to educate you, we are not a nation of immigrants. We are a nation of Americans unified by what sits over my left shoulder here, not the trophies, (laughs) the uh, stars and stripes, the American flag. We're unified by the fact that we are all United States citizens. We are not a nation of immigrants. Initially, we had to fill up this country in certain periods of time with a bunch of immigrants. Yeah. And, and we needed them to build out the railroads, for example, and then fill out as the country moved west. But those days are over, and we did it in an orderly fashion, more or less. There were gaps, of course. But when my relatives came over around 1900 from Italy, they came over in orderly fashion. My great-grandfather came over here by way of Brazil, and then worked his way probably through, we don't have the records on him, uh, but he's here, he was here legally, he came through the legal process, we know that, because of what I'm going to tell you in a second. But he probably, because he was in Brazil, and then came to the United States, probably immigrated through uh, New Orleans, I believe. There, there's a couple other ports of entry, uh, legal ports of entry, in the United States back then, and certainly there are now. But uh, New Orleans was one of them. It wasn't just Ellis Island, which is where my great-grandmother came through. So when he came to the United States and then settled in California and started ranching in the Fresno area, he called for his wife, my great-grandmother. She spoke zero English, and they had written on, pinned on her coat when she landed in America, Fresno, California. <laughs> And you, know, you think about the kids these days, right? The millennials are, oh, too tired to work. I just don't feel good today. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna work for a month. I'm gonna take a, a year off. I'm gonna plan. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go see Europe. I'm. I'm not gonna. It's hard right now. You know, we're we're juggling Facebook and Tinder. You know, I. It's so hard out there right now. My great grandmother comes over here with a trunk. Now think about this. This is 1900, 1901 probably, by the time she gets through Ellis Island. She's steerage on a, on a freighter, a French freighter, leaves from France, 
and gets to uh, the United States, goes through Ellis Island with a baby in one arm, about a one-year-old, my, um, my aunt, my great-aunt, and Auntie Kay, and in the other arm, a trunk full of stuff, and a jacket with, that had pinned on there, Fresno, California, no English, and then somehow she makes it to California. Imagine that happening today. Okay, but it happened, and it happened in a you know, quasi-orderly fashion. Now, the other side of the Italian family, that's the Francesconi side, is the last name. Ledger is my dad. But the, my mom's side, the, the Italian side, the Francesconi side, um, that's how they initially came over. Then the other side is the Parenti side, which is a little more muddled, a, a little more Don Quixote-ish, um, a little incoherent, uh, a little uh, Forrest Gump-ish. <laughs> so I'm not even going to try and track it down. But it involves AP, G, and Innie, believe it or not, uh, in San Francisco. But again, it's so muddled. It's so he said, she said, uh, you know, over the generations. But, but I, I keep track and I pass this on to my daughter. The reason I'm saying this is because my family immigrated here legally. Period. End of story. And that's the way it is, Hakeem. We are not a nation of immigrants. Once those relatives of mine came over, they were Americans. They learned English, they assimilated into American society, and, and they came here to be Americans. Yeah, Italian descent. Yes, Irish descent. Yes, German, whatever. They, can't, they had to come here to assimilate. And that was part of the deal. And they came here legally. Those are key factors because now we are a nation under attack, under assault by illegals who are not coming here to assimilate, who are coming here to impose their crap values from their crap countries on us. And I'll give you a terrible example of that in just a moment. But Hakeem, yeah, we're a nation of laws, and so we have this law, 8 U.S.C. 13 through 25. 8 U.S.C. 13. And it says effectively that it is illegal, it is against the law to violate our sovereignty, to come into this country illegally, as they are right now, as we speak, hundreds of thousands, we're measuring this now in hundreds of thousands and aggregately over the years in the millions. This is fundamentally changing the makeup of our country for the bad. This is, there is nothing good about this assault on our sovereignty. Every day, every minute, our sovereignty is under assault. That's your sovereignty. And I always use the example that this is our house. The United States is our house. Would you let people into your house who you don't know, who are not invited, you don't know their background, you don't know if they're good, you don't know if they're bad, you don't know what country they're from, you don't know whether they have diseases, you don't know whether they have TB, you don't know whether they have guns, you don't know what the reason is for coming into your house. Could be to bake you a cake, could be to rob you, or worse. So yeah, Hakeem, we are a nation of laws. And when people violate our sovereignty, it is, one, the responsibility of the federal government to enforce those laws, and you're not. You're not enforcing. The very fact that they're violating our sovereignty, it's, it's like you know, playing prevent defense. The, the football team's coming at you. You know they're coming at you. And you're really not doing you know, that, that fourth quarter, you know, Hail Mary pass, Prevent defense. Come on, bring it on. We know 
we know you're going to get X amount of yardage in. No, that's not the way we should secure our border. We should secure our border by saying, you're not coming in here, damn it. And that's it. Instead, it's like, oh, there's people coming over. What are we going to do? Oh, we need to process them. And then the Catholic Church gets involved and gives them debit cards and gives them cell phones and gives them the hotel room and gives them free this, free that, airfare, wherever the hell you want to go. And if you go to New York or you go to California, you're welcomed up with open arms, not only by the Catholic Church, but by the government. I am sick of this. I have been bemoaning the border situation now for 20 years. My entire time on One America, I've been haranguing this. I have been telling you that it's out of control back then. Now it's quasi-super out of control. On steroids, out of control. So what do we do? I proffer the question to you. I proffer the question. Is this, I'm reading it because this is on my website, GrahamLedger.com. So I'm going to read it off my website, okay? Very specific question here. Is the southern border a lost cause or should we, the 2A people, do the federally mandated job that the government refuses to execute? Now, that's a binary choice, right? So I, I gave you a third. I hope none of you choose the third choice. It's neither, right? So you may have another... Way to look at this, I don't know that you can. We're at war, this is an attack on you and me, this is an attack on our house and we need to defend our house, it's that simple. But is it a lost cause? I mean, it's not just the guy in the Oval Office now, it was under Barack Hussein Obama, Donald Trump tried to fix it, but here, sandwiched in between, you have two Marxists. How does that ever work? I mean, you know how there's cycles in politics. And we may get Trump next cycle, and he may build more of the wall. And then the next cycle, it's, it's another Marxist, and they tear down the wall, or they, they tear gaping holes in there, saying, oh, well, look at that. You know, it's, uh, it's kind of immoral to, uh, to have a, a, a fence down there. Uh, we need to open up sections of it so people can uh, breathe, you know. Environmental reasons. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's part of the reason. Have you heard this one? When we were trying to construct the wall down there uh, under Trump, but also prior to Trump, various presidents and segments, you know, George Bush did a little bit just for show, you know, kind of. But the environmentalists are, are like, you know, do you know what's down at the border mostly? Nothing. Okay, yeah, there's some lizards and snakes and coyotes. But you know what? What price securing your home? I'll tell you what. For my home, there is no price. My home will be secure. And I, this is part of my secure system, my security system in this home of mine. And I don't use this much, but if I have to, uh, as a Christian, um, and I have to defend my family, I'm going to use it. And so, why am I brandishing this shotgun? Loaded or unloaded? You don't know, do you? Um, is because we have a choice in this country. We know the framers of the Constitution gave us the Second Amendment so we can own firearms like this one for protection or what have you, hunting. But they, they primarily gave us the Second Amendment 
that we can own firearms and possess firearms for a tyrannical government that they knew one day would come, that we could hold, potentially hold this tyrannical government accountable and or at bay. Well, we're at that point at the border. We're certainly at that point in other elements of the federal government. And I'm not calling for an armed insurrection here, just to be clear, okay? But I am asking the question, as Second Amendment-loving Americans, the question is, do we do the job that the federal government refuses to do? If we take charge of the border, and I mean in the measured in the tens of thousands of 2A loving Americans. They can't stop us. I, I don't have a plan. I'm not suggesting a plan. But it bothers me that we're sitting here right now. And our sovereignty is under assault. And I want to tell you about a man in Nogales, Arizona. It's a desolate area. He's a rancher right down on the border. Right down on the border. And his name is George Allen Kelly. You haven't heard this story. 73 years old. He's a rancher down there. Now, by the way, my family has a history of ranching, and we have a history of firearms. I shot my first gun probably when I was about six years old. It was probably a BB gun. And, you know, within a couple of years, I graduated to a 22, and yeah, you know, it's an American right. At least it is in my family. And on both sides of the family, there's a history of ranching. And on both sides, I know, the conversation never came up, but both sides had firearms, both sides had long guns, both sides had short guns, if you will, handguns, and didn't want to use it, but in the back of their mind, again, there was never a conversation, if those ranches were breached in any form, that's why we had the guns. Could be a coyote breaching it, right? Going after the, the livestock. My, one side of my family had cattle. Could be something else. I won't tell you a story about what my great uncle said about Cesar Chavez one time, okay? Because I don't want to get, God rest his soul. So George Allen Kelly is a, is a rancher down in Nogales. And on June 30th of this year, 10 to 15 men, illegals, for sure, right? Why else would you have 10 or 15 men wearing backpacks and camouflage clothing storming through his property, okay? And they're carrying what he said were AK-47s. I don't know, maybe AR-15s. They were long guns, okay? So what does he do? He says, what the hell? And he grabs his, what he says is an AK-47. Maybe it is an AK-47. I don't know. It could be an AR-15. The, the article I read said they're... The bad guys were carrying, the illegals were carrying AK-47, the bad guys, and the good guy, this George Allen Kelly, had an AK-47, fired warning shots at these guys, and they, I guess, began to scramble like cockroaches, which is what they are, because they're illegals. You can't say that. That's racist. Sorry. Sounds racist to you? Sounds like making sense to me. They're cockroaches because they are attacking our sovereignty, and they're doing so armed. On this guy's property in Nogales, Texas. He fires a warning shot, next thing you know, they find one, one of the illegals down, dead. Shot. This man, George Allen Kelly, is now charged with murder. Second degree murder. You see anybody covering this story? 
You see why we have a problem down at the border and why it's all of our problems? George Allen Kelly is our uncle, is our father. I don't know how old you are. Maybe your son. Maybe you're old enough to be your son. George Allen Kelly is us. And he has a right to defend his self, his family, and his property any means possible in this country, yet he's being charged with murder. If that doesn't make you upset and make you want to go down to the border, locked and loaded, I don't know what will. What's it going to take? How many years do we have to talk about this? Oh, Graham, well, you, it's easy for you to sit there in front of the camera and just say everybody needs to go down there. You're not going to. I'll go down there. I've lived at the border most of my life. The part of the border I lived was secure. Why? Because of Bill Clinton, of all people. Double layer fence, Operation Gatekeeper, San Diego at the, at the Pacific Ocean, 15 miles east. It's the most secure part of our border, frankly. And it works. Double layer fencing. And now we have chunks of double layer fencing and single layer. And, you know, it's just, it's a madhouse down there. And Texas is out of control and parts of Arizona is out of control. I'll go down there. I'll go down there if there's a plan, if there's an army, if there's a militia of us, I'll go. I'll take my turn and secure the border. I'm not trying to sway you on answering this question. Maybe, maybe it's a lost cause. It, it, it might be. But I do know this, that both this administration and the Obama administration have a big, giant neon sign down at the border that says, come on in. Wherever you're from, China, if you're from the Middle East, if you're from Honduras, if you're from Guatemala, if you're, of course, from Mexico, that's a given, right? Come on in. Come on in. We'll process you. We'll do a phony background check. We'll give you a notice to appear and say, hasta la bye-bye. See you in court. Knowing that 99% of these people given the notice to appear never show up. Thanks, Catholic Church for aiding and abetting a crime. <sighs> now, let me tell you why it's so important. This story hurts me as much as it does the George Allen Kelly story at the border. And that, that George Allen Kelly story hurts me. It really pains me to even think about it. Yet we, in Stanton County, Nebraska, Stanton County, Nebraska? Yes, Stanton County, Nebraska. Two illegals from Honduras were arrested and probably booked, charged, and let go because what they did was a federal offense and is extremely offensive to any American, but it's probably one of those things that's not prosecuted often. And they were probably given a notice to appear and poof, they're off to the next state out of, out of harm's way. They don't care. They're illegals. These two illegals, when they were detained by police, had no identification, no hable inglés, okay? I'll translate that for you. They didn't speak English. No hable inglés. And you know what they were doing? You know what they were arrested for? They shot a bald eagle. That's right. A bald eagle, the symbol of our country, they shot it, had it down, we're plucking the feathers and we're going to eat it. Now, 
How does your stomach feel on that one? Between the two, George Allen Kelly defending himself, his family, and his property, now charged with murder, and these two illegals who don't give a crap about you, who don't give a crap about your country, who don't give a crap about our laws, who don't give a crap about our bald eagle, our national bird, protected, so-called, by the federal government. How do you feel? Make you mad? Make you want to go down? I haven't even told you about the rapes and the murders by the illegals. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're able-bodied, this is why the framers talked about a militia. A militia is us. This is our house that's being penetrated and assaulted and trashed by people who don't give a hoot about George Allen Kelly and they don't give a hoot about our bald eagle. It's disgusting. So please go to my website and you let me know. Is the southern border a lost cause? Or should we, the 2A people, do the federally mandated job that the government refuses to execute? This edition of the Ledger Report is on its way to the archives of the Library of Congress. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I'm Graham Ledger. And remember, even when I'm wrong, I'm right.